cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 15th, 2009. For the newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. On the website, you'll see all the other sites I have up there if you scroll down. Bookmark them for future use because I do get hassles from the big servers once in a while. And if you bookmark them, at least you can download the latest shows. They're in audio format and you can listen to them. Well, the big ones get me a hassle and I'm trying to figure it out. Now, these are the official sites I have. Anything else isn't mine. There's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com. Cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca. There's Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca. There's Alan Watt, sentient.sentinel.eu. And the last one is a European site. has all the same audios as the rest, but it has addition of a lot of transcripts of the talks I've given for download and prints up in the various languages of Europe. And as always, I try to get my little plug for myself in at the very top of the show, which is probably wrong, I should scatter it throughout the show, because people jump over it, because everyone expects everyone else to pay. And that's generally what happens. Everybody's expecting and nothing's, no one's paying. But uh, you, can, uh, you can buy the books I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, the discs and so on, there's, there's DVD discs and there's CDs there. Some of the CDs have about 50 shows on them. And you can donate if you don't want to buy. How to do it is on the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You can use PayPal internationally, it's no problem at all. And from the U.S., you can use personal checks to Canada. Outside the U.S., of course, uh, outside the Americas, personal checks can't be accepted. So for the U.S. to Canada, personal checks, and of course within Canada, there's also international postal money orders from your post office, which you can get in the United States. It's really uh, it's paid in advance, so clears here quite easily. And so that's an international postal money order from the post office. Outside the Americas, as I say, there's PayPal. You can order as well. Don't forget, through PayPal, just send me a separate email along with the PayPal payment. And you can use MoneyGram, Western Union, and some people, people to send cash. It's up to you. Same in the U.S. And for folks who just get the disc burned around, burnt and given to them, don't use computers, and a lot of them get passed around at talks and demonstrations and so on, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Esther, E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, the number 1, P-3-E-4-N-1. I generally mention too once in a while that uh, when you're not authorized to be out there and you're not living in the U.S., you have to use U.S. sources to get information out. It's the only country left with uh, the ability to say things, and even that's going down quickly. Massive attacks 
inside the U.S. to curtail freedom of speech. The freedom of speech means that uh, you have to listen to a lot of stuff you don't like as well. That's what freedom of speech is all about. The pros and cons, the groups that go after each other, and you cannot be offended because that's what free speech is about. When free speech is cur- curtailed, it means that one, somebody's won somewhere and they're eliminating all the rest from talking about them. That's really what free speech is, uh, and censorship is about. In Canada, I have ExploreNet uh, literally cutting me back. That's my uploader. I upload to their satellite company, and they're censoring me by design, by over cutting the half the speed, taking the same money, of course, and giving me the runaround. Only in the U.S. do you have the last voice left. Use it. Back with more after this break. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. As I say, it's amazing outside uh, the U.S. Uh, and it's amazing inside the U.S. because people take things for granted within the country. They think, and every generation thinks, that everything's going to be the same forever. Uh, and then they grow older and they, they adapt to the changes until literally you adapt your way out of all freedoms. You have no freedoms left. You don't understand that outside America... U.S. that basically you don't have these rights and freedoms to say what you want to say. And people who do say what they want to say from whatever party, side, or, or whatever agency, uh, they, they, they come under fire often from the, the biggest agencies out there, the ones who are backed by the biggest money and the biggest organization, basically. Outside the U.S., we know we're in a completely socialized world a socialized world done on the Fabian principle that was meant to integrate the Soviet system after 70-80 years into the, the commercial uh, capitalist system those that are, had the right by Darwin's principles those at the top of the capitalistic system to run the world together socialism for the public serving a world state and for the people they get all their cash or credits or whatever they want to call it uh, from the big top capitalists that would work hand in glove with governments. That's why it's so hard to define to most people. They get stuck in terms. They think of only communism as communism. They think of socialism as something completely different. They think of fascism, again, as something completely different. You understand this is a blending of all those systems that came out of the principles of Darwin, Charles Darwin. In fact, you'll find, if you go into uh, the writings of Karl Marx, he adopted Car- uh, Darwin's theories because he said it validated the whole theory of uh, his theory, his, his doctrine of materialism. Under those principles, those who had proven they were the fittest to survive by getting to the top had the right to rule over the rest. And that science eventually would be used as the big hammer on the public, experts, a world of experts and scientists, snake oil, really, salesmen that could wangle any uh, formula to suit their political agendas. And that's what we live through. It's through medicine, it's through everything. Uh, a lot of uh, nonsense theories that keep changing all the time, contradicting the last theories very often, without a mention, very Orwellian, without a mention of how wrong they must have been with yesterday's theory that was taught as a gospel truth. 
and there's very few stations left in the United States uh, that can still say what they want. Very few. And I've no doubt at all uh, they will be banned eventually because we're really in the grip now of the, the last stage of the onslaught of what is loosely, loosely termed world socialism. Something planned for well over a hundred years, actually hundreds of years in the making. And one of the stations here is RBN. Now I don't get paid from RBN. I don't get paid by the advertisers. Uh, the money, uh, the, the advertisers that, that are on this show pay directly RBN. I have nothing to do with that at all. And that pays for this airtime. And it pays for the staff and the equipment and their bills and all the rest of it. And I'm sure RBN gets a lot of hammering as well for the different guests they have on, the different ideas and all the rest of it. But again, that's what freedom of speech is all about, whether you like it or not. Lots of people out there would have you have no freedom of speech whatsoever. They'll turn you into an Orwellian world. And people have to see George Orwell's 1984, the black and white version. Most folk don't read the book anymore. They can't read any book. They've got to have it all visual. So if they see the black and white version that was put out uh, in 1984, uh, as a memorial, basically, to George Orwell, a tribute with Richard Burton in it. It's a very good version. They cram a lot of the, the real book in there. That's what we're going through now. And you see double think at play, where the bureaucratic class, when they're given a new order as to who they're fighting, must forget who they were fighting yesterday and pretend it was always this new enemy and that's who they've always been fighting. Just like that. Just like that. That's a political correct world that we live in today. We believe what we're told to believe immediately and you'd better believe it or else and that's what it's all about under world socialism. I used to listen to Patriot radio stations uh, when it was all on shortwave radio. That's the AM band. And there were quite a few different stations out there at that time with different points of view. But it was good to listen to all the different points of view of what was happening in the world and how different groups saw things from their perspective. And one by one, I watched them all go down. Almost all have gone. Because you get attacked by many different ways, just like I get attacked uh, by a satellite company that really is uh, working for Hughes Satellite Corporation, which is the big military-industrial bunch. The military share the same satellite that ExploreNet subcontracts for. So they're in bed with them totally. And if they can't just ban you from speaking, they simply pull the plug on you or give you hassles like having your speech so you can't even watch a video. I get probably hundreds of people sending me emails every week saying, watch this video, I can't watch any. I can't even download. Even though I'm paying for high speed, I can't even download my own show as it's playing right now, as you can do. You can download it because RBN's broadcasting it. I can't do that. That's how they get to you and outside the U.S. And this kind of stuff it can be done to more covertly within the U.S. You have more right to come back and complain than we do outside. We have no rights here. Here they'll play around with you forever. Just play with you. And I've gone 
through all the rigmarole of, oh, it's probably your equipment, then you pay hundreds of bucks to get a guy in, uh, and then, of course, uh, your place, this and that, nothing wrong with this stuff. And it isn't until you go through all this rigmarole that eventually one person at Explore Night one night, maybe a new girl, I don't know, uh, said, oh, they've got you on a lock. She says, oh, really? Yeah. They've got you on a lock uh, for your usage. And, of course, they have great clauses uh, saying un- un- uh, unfair use of policy, unfair use. Even though I don't overdo anything that wasn't in the advertising in the contract. They can vary it to suit you and say, oh, I'll see for you, especially you, um, you're going over the limit. You say, what is the limit? I've been through this with them. Uh, we can't tell you. They can't tell me what the limit is. So you catch on immediately. They've been told to give me a hassle. So anybody who really wants high speed, whatever you do, don't get ExploreNet. And I'll keep talking about that until they up the speed to what it's supposed to be. But I'm paying for, and they have no problem taking the cash for that. And then I might just be a little bit more pleasant to them. This has been going on for months now. Months. Now, most folk, as I say, are ignorant of the history of what's been happening. And they get confused with terms like communism, socialism, all the isms, even Zionism. There's, a, there's, there's two kinds of Zionisms. There's the one that Einstein talked about, and there's the one that people think is to do with a homeland for, for, for Jewish people. Uh, but they're really all combined together. These were come out of world movements to unite the whole planet under the groups that were formed to bring in the Darwinistic theories combined with the theories of Nietzsche and so on. In fact, Darwin was, was responsible for giving credence to the theory of, as I say, Marxism and communism. They showed the, the, in their own propaganda in the Soviet Union uh, the faces of Lenin and Darwin and, uh, and the portraits of Marx and all the rest of it. They put them all together. You'll find in the early Nazi posters as well, they did the same thing. In fact, in the earliest ones, Hitler was next to Lenin. They had him in the same poster because they were both socialist movements. And we, we find these big, big movements towards that were also funded in history. We can tell they were funded by proof and evidence and articles written in prestigious magazines and newspapers at the time that were funded by the top bankers of the Western world, Germany, uh, Britain, and the U.S. They brought in those movements, all of them. And no one was ever tried, no banker was ever tried, and no corporation was ever tried, international corporation, for the damage they caused to the rest of us. Because, you see, the, the agenda is still ongoing, and they're all still being used. When they started up the revolutionary movements, they had to create uh, ones for, for most of the males, but they also created ones for the females to get them in, to get uh, everybody involved in change. Change was to be good, you see, back in the 1800s. And they brought out Madame Blavatsky, uh, an actress, basically, a ham actress. And um, they gave her a form of female Freemasonry with mysticism and channeling and all this stuff to bring them in. That's what Weishaupt said, too. How do you get recruits in? You give them a big mystery. You never give them the answer, but you give them a great mystery. You can keep them going. 
And it was also for revolutionary change, and Blavatsky talked about that, revolutionary radical change. And she said eventually we'll, she'll win by the, using the churches. Back with more on this after this break. through the matrix back in the 1800s there were so many groups formed and were formed to be a multitude of groups because those that planned the future knew there were different kinds of personalities different classes and so on different kinds of people with beefs different beefs and so they gave leaders to all uh, they also knew the people were very religious in some countries and they made sure they got the religious leaders presented to them as well through infiltration. And that's what Blavatsky talked about in her own books. She said that eventually they'd bring in a world religion and they'd use the churches to do it. And they've actually done it. Of course, we also know that Mr. Rockefeller founded the World Council of Churches uh, that began all the interfaith. They didn't actually begin it. They copied it because his uh, ancestors were already busy with a parliament of world religions and I think the first one was that one I think in, in England with the, the World Fair in the 1800s and the department and then another one too in Chicago in about 1893 uh, a parliament of world religions I have their books here their idea was to bring a world socialist system together and they used all the religious leaders to bring it about that was their, they never stopped they never stopped you see that's why it's never safe to join anything without looking into who controls your particular branch of a church. What kind of sect are you in? How far does it go up? Does it go up to the World Council of Churches? If it does, then you're on a socialist global system. And once your, your job is done and you bring all this to be, um, you'll have nothing left in common with the initial guidelines and beliefs of that particular church. But that won't matter because generations will have passed and you'll be like everyone else in the world by then. And most folk have already done that. There's really no difference at all between the average uh, cultural Christian, as they're called, intergenerational cultural Christian, uh, to the general population. Same divorce rate, same amounts of um, affairs and all the rest of it. They've done so many studies on all of this stuff. And they all watch these same TV programs. So it's a cultural Christian, as opposed to someone that follows a Christian way, uh, generally because they haven't been taught to. But there's also the, the Council for a Parliament of the World's Religions. And I think I just held their world meeting recently. I put the link up on my site, Cuttings for the Matrix, at the, at .com, at the end of the show. All these articles I'm going to read you'll find on my site at the end of the show once I can spend twice the time uploading it, that is, because I'm exploring it. And um, go through this website at your leisure. There's a lot in there to show you how they're all working to bring the world together through all the religions, the Dalai Lama, uh, all the different Christian leaders have been uh, infiltrated into regular religions, and how they're doing all these interfaith things. They bring in the greening and everything else. They're all behind the carbon footprint agenda, all that stuff because anybody who's anybody today who wants a lot of funding from the big boys and yes they all do get funding from the same sources 
uh, must be on board with the whole agenda of a world socialist society where experts will run the world and they'll have their scientific priesthood and for those that want a religion they'll ensure they have your, your um, on board religionists to keep you nice happy sheep it's interesting how Blavatsky was quite correct now Freemasonry was the, in, the intended way that Blavatsky talked about infiltrating all the churches believe you me the US was infiltrated from its very foundation his very foundation and once the Revolutionary War was over groups of different sects came over from Europe and set up their own institutions within the US very very interesting groups even right down to what they called uh, Christian uh, communist groups they tried to live in communes run by again an expert at the top someone that they, they really revered and they had breeding programs on the go, like they did at, um, it was at uh, Oneida in New York. Very interesting to look at that. Uh, you'll find that Sir Thomas Huxley, um, who the best friend of uh, Darwin, was so interested in that particular group, he had all access to all the records of who mated with whom, the kind of children they brought up. They were raised communally, by the way. And uh, H.G. Wells and others made, made trips over to visit the communes because they, not everyone could breed with everyone else. They promoted uh, daily sex amongst all of the people, even child sex, by the way. Um, and had all these, these different guidelines, but you're not allowed to conceive uh, unless you were ordered to conceive. You're mated like stallions and mares by those in charge fantastic story but the public are ignorant of really uh, these groups that infiltrated the US by design and where they came from and who ran them just like today everything's done by deception this is from the Times October 22nd 2009 it just reminds me of what um, I think it was Malachi Martin said in one of his talks about the Vatican uh, when he was, he was discussing Windswept House, one of his books, he said it was all finished in the Vatican. It was completely taken over, completely taken over by different kinds of perverts, and, and he was talking about Freemasons as well. And it was taken over politically too, because it all goes together, by the way. And it says, Vatican thumbs up for Karl Marx after Galileo, Darwin, and Oscar Wilde. They've added them pretty well to their saints. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. is cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the not only the takeover of churches, but how the public didn't even know it was happening. And they adapt. They adapt to changes all the time until what they're following, maybe three generations down the road, is a completely different version of the religion that their grandparents or great-grandparents followed. They don't even know that because they adapt. Most of the unthinking people in the world, they call them the dead in all ages, adapt. 
adaptive, whatever system they live under, something that those who, who rule and fund revolutions for their change along a particular design understand perfectly that the great masses of people, the proles, as Orwell called them, or the proletariat, as Marx called them, and uh, Lenin, uh, they don't know what's going on, don't really care what's going on, and they don't care what flag is waving above them or who runs them or owns them, basically. Uh, they never wisen up to the fact they're actually owned, in fact. So I'm talking about the Vatican here. And from the Times, October 22nd, 2009. So it says here, Karl Marx, who famously de described religion as the opium of the people, joined Galileo, Charles Darwin, and Oscar Wilde on a growing list of historical figures to have undergone an unlikely a reappraisal by the Roman Catholic Church. It says, um, the Vatican newspaper said, yes, that Marx's early critiques of capitalism had highlighted the social alienation felt by the large part of humanity that remained excluded even now from economic and political decision-making. Well, everything's changed now, eh? We've all got a say in what happens at the top in all these global meetings, like the one in Copenhagen, don't we? George Sands, a German-born born professor of the history of the contemporary philosophy at the Pontifical Gregorian University, wrote an article that Marx's work remained especially relevant today as mankind was seeking a new harmony between its needs and the natural environment. He also said that Marx's theories may help to explain the enduring issue of income inequality within capitalist societies. And that income inequality is going to get an awful lot wider as we all pay and pay and pay uh, for the carbon taxes and supposedly to help the third world countries, mind you, through Mr. Rothschild's bank. That's who's going to deal with the carbon taxes. So it goes on to say, we have to ask ourselves, with Marx, whether the forms of alienation of which he spoke have their origin in the capitalist system. Professor Sands wrote, if money as such does not multiply on its own, how are we to explain the accumulation of wealth in the hands of the few? Well, Charles Darwin explained that, you fool. Charles Darwin said that, you see, those who are fittest to survive got to the top in society by thrift and hard work and all that kind of stuff. Just like Mr. Rothschild himself, the guy that backed, that backed uh, Mr. Marx and put him up in England and helped fund him. God, they don't even know their history, these characters, do they? Quite amazing. And then that's followed up with this article here from Reuters. It says here, uh, December 15th, 2009. This is, from, this is from the Pope. Rich nations must assume uh, environmental duties. This is from the Pope, you see. It says, uh, Vatican City, industrialized nations must recognize their responsibility for the environmental crisis, shed their consumerism, and embrace more sober lifestyles. That means poorer, by the way. Pope Benedict said on Tuesday, the Pope's call for an, an more environmental commitments came in his message for the Roman Catholic Church's annual World Day of Peace. World Day of Peace, it says. <laughs> to be marked on January the 1st, and whose theme is... If you want to cultivate peace, protect creation. Huh? Huh? Do you know how much carbon's going up in the abortion factories every day, Mr. Pope? The message is traditionally sent to heads of state, government, and international organizations, and its importance this year is more significant because its release coincided with the UN Climate Conference in Copenhagen, and that's just a coincidence, of course. They all work together, folks. 
Why don't you get it through your heads? They all work together. I said years ago, and I've said it over and over on the radio, don't join any group. You're being used. You're being used. And if you sit down with your best pal and form a group and get four other members in, you're already infiltrated, I guarantee you. It happens all the time. All the time. All the time. And the folk don't know it. We're always conned. Always conned. You know, Canada Canada uh, ordered, I think it was 50 million doses of uh, the the injectable flu shot. And it's way above the population of Canada. So I guess now the taxpayer that paid for all this stuff, minus all the cutbacks and kickbacks that the politicians got for passing it all and ordering it, uh, will also be paying now for the transportation of it to third world countries because they want them to die off like they want us to die off as well of all this junk they're injecting into us. We use an article here, and it's from... It's from uh, My Way News. My Way News. It's from the Associated Press. It's December the 15th. It says, Atlanta health officials are recalling hundreds of thousands of doses of swine flu vaccines. Listen to this now. After tests indicated they may not be potent enough to protect against the virus. I mean, in other words, useless, you see. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention notified doctors about the recall Tuesday. The recall involves about 800,000 doses made by Sanofi Pasteur. By the way, that was set up by the, by the Rockefellers. The doses are pre-filled syringes intended for young children ages six months to almost three years. Health officials, you know, that's the, that's, they don't have to give us names anymore, just you know, experts and health officials, uh, recommended children uh, those ages get two doses spaced about a month apart. The health officials say it's not clear how many doses have already been given. They don't know. Eh? Who's kidding who? <laughs> but they don't think children need to be revaccinated. The lots passed potency tests when they were first shipped because a lot of money changed hands. But tests indicate the potency waned after. It just went, went dud after. After it was passed, it went dud. <laughs> it was useless to start with. That's what it means. <laughs> Oh, boy, it's so, such a joke, isn't it? Such a joke. And I've talked about this article before, and there's another one about the same thing, the, the truth about Tamiflu. It's from uh, The Atlantic, December the 10th. It says here, Two months ago we pointed out in a story on the flu in The Atlantic that the antiviral drug Tamiflu might not be as effective or safe as many patients, doctors, and governments think. The drug has been widely prescribed since the first cases of H1N1's flu surfaced last spring, and the U.S. government has spent more than $1.5 billion of taxpayers' money stockpiling it since 2005 as part of the nation's pandemic preparedness plan. Every country has done this. Now, it looks as if our concerns were correct, and the nation may have put more than a billion dollars into the medical equivalent of a mirage. This week, the British medical journal BMJ published a multi-part investigation that confirms that the scientific evidence just isn't there to show that Tamiflu prevents serious complications, hospitalizations, or death in people that have the flu. BMJ goes further to suggest that Roche, the Swiss company that manufactures and markets Tamiflu, may have misled governments. Oh, misled, that's very light. 
and physicians. In its defence, Roche stated that the company has never concealed or had the intention to conceal any pertinent data. <laughs> so anyway, it says the BMJ's investigation began uh, with an update of a review by the Cochrane Collaboration, a widely respected international consortium of researchers who periodically examine the medical literature to assess the safety and effectiveness of various treatments. Roche has claimed that its drug reduces hospital admissions by 61% in patients who were otherwise healthy before they got the flu. It's also said that Tamiflu reduces such complications as bronchitis, pneumonia, and sinusitis by 67%, and lower respiratory tract infections requiring antibiotics by 55%. A 2006 Cochrane review of Tamiflu came to similar conclusions based largely on a paper, a paper, one paper, that looked at 10 studies, all of them funded by, guess who, the Roche Company. It says, the dog ate my homework. But then uh, the Cochrane team, led by Chris Delmar from Bond University in Australia, re-examined the studies they had previously used in 2006. They found some discrepancies. It turned out that only two of the ten studies had ever been published in medical journals. So, so out of the ten studies that they claimed were there, only two of them had ever been published. It says, and those two showed the drug had very little effect on complications compared to a dummy pill or placebo. <laughs> so the Cochrane reviewers decided to look at the data for themselves. They went to the lead authors of the published studies, the researchers who were supposed to have access to all of the data. One author said he had lost track of the data when he moved at offices and the files appeared to have been discarded. The other said he'd never actually seen the data himself and directed the Cochrane team to go directly to the company. So these are the two papers we're talking about that all this data come from. Four months and multiple requests later, the Cochrane researchers had a hodgepodge of data from the company, including two studies that showed the drug was ineffective, but which the company had never published. <laughs> and I could go on and on, but I won't bother. I won't bother. Because, see, I'm not surprised at all. I've been saying this from the beginning. doesn't matter, though, when people... They could bring it out again and panic the public once more who've heard all this stuff and common sense and, and memory goes out the window when they're, when they're panicked, you see. That's why they can keep doing this stuff over and over again. Over and over again. Quite something, isn't it? Now, there's also the climate conference going on. As we all know, it's, it's to, this is the final step of uh, one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto for those who care to look it up for themselves. And it's called the redistribution of wealth. You see? And a lot of fools and followers really believe in this, that that's what they really mean. They want to redistribute the wealth. Well, look at the history of the Soviet Union where a tiny minority took over that country in the middle of the night. You see, there was always a, there was a previous uh, kind of revolution into a parliamentary system, and they took it over in the middle of the night and ran that country from then on with absolute horror and terror. They always have a, a reign of terror when they, they take over and to stay in charge. They terrify everybody. And they said, too, in the Communist Manifesto, apart from abolishing the family and all the rest of it, They'd redistribute the wealth. They'd abolish private property, etc., etc. 
So people think this and pass along and say, that's it. We're going to abolish private property. No, they get you in other ways. They use the United Nations. They use hundreds of departments within the United Nations, uh, inspectors for for the ecosystems, and is your house destroying an ecosystem, and is your gutter pipe, and I kid you not, is your gutter pipe dented? If there is, we'll give you thousands of dollars, a fine a day, and eventually you're off your life. See, there's many ways to achieve the same goal, and people can't connect that. They can't connect it. They're always waiting for somebody at the top saying, yes, I'm a communist, I run the world, and we're abolishing private property. We're, we're, we're redistributing the wealth from the richer countries across the planet. And believe you me, that's not their goal. The money never gets to where it's supposed to go, as you well know. In fact, the, the ones at the top, since they believe in Darwinism, also have a list of people they want to bump off, eradicate. So this stuff isn't going to end up helping Africa out, believe you me. You better do your homework before you, you fall to all this propaganda you're hearing. Oh, that's nice. We'll all, we'll all have a car and we'll all have... No, no, you won't. You ain't going to have your car either. You won't even have a house to live in. By the time they go through this period, this century of change, there's a lot of changes to make this century. A lot of changes. And most out there will just adapt and adapt and adapt. And eventually they will adapt into a form of Brave New World that follows the Orwellian period. Brave New World. They're already there pretty well. And I think, um, I think, I think it was, was it NBC? It was one of the big companies made uh, an, um, a Brave New World movie back in 1980. I'm sure you can all do a search and find it for yourself. Look at it, read it, and watch it. Because it follows the, the, the cognitive ideal where no one bonds with anyone else. Everyone has sex all the time, but they don't give, have, give birth to it. You don't get pregnant. Exactly what Julian Huxley said, too, who was a top um, player in this global system, the head of UNESCO, United Nations Department for Education. So I'll put this link up for upi.com. This is from the, to show you how they're going to start to redistribute the wealth and all the rest of it. And you realize the amount of money, you realize the millions and millions and millions of dollars of funding it took to get all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of non-governmental organizations over to Copenhagen who are stopping people talking uh, out against the con using Nazi techniques of just coming into the meetings and screaming and yelling. But they're a rah-rah team for, for the whole thing to go through. All led to the top by chosen agents, and they are chosen and trained, with lots of idiotic followers who still probably believe in a new type of Santa Claus. The idealists, you see. They use the idealism of the youth who are too young and they have no wisdom collected. They haven't watched the cons. They haven't personally suffered from the cons yet. And they're too selfish to look at people who have suffered cons, the older people. In fact, they're told not to even think about older people. They're in the way. The older people caused all these problems, my goodness. And they're going to take it all back and fix it all. And then there's also... The other side of it, the Texas Eagle Forum, 
that uh, attended it to see what was going on, December the 15th. And it goes on about a report there of what's really happening and how they're talking now about hard cash from the, the richer countries. For all you out there that are having trouble uh, getting a job or holding on to a house or wherever, wherever else it may get enough food on the table, you're called the rich, by the way. By all, the, I loosely call them communists, by these commie forces that are financed by the big bankers and foundations to go over there. And nearly on the line uh, was coming down the pike for the U.S. I'll put this link, and you can read this for yourself as well. But as, as they used to say in, uh, in Scotland, when they had all these battles, when uh, London was trying to talk, take over and create this empire, this group that ruled London, after battles, they would say, it's all over, bar the shouting. Meaning the battle was over, it's just the yelling that was left. That's all that was going on. Well, to be honest with you, that's where we are today. That's how far gone it is. That's how far gone it is, folks. I'll be back with more after this break. Through the Matrix. There's also an article, a caller uh, from the Mail Online, that Lord Monckton has come out and told the world where it's actually going and been heavily criticised by all kinds of people for doing so. Uh, was attacked basically, uh, at least verbally, by uh, a Jewish activist uh, at a Copenhagen meeting, an alternate meeting, where they're talking about what's really happening. And he branded this uh, Jewish uh, guy uh, Hitler Youth, which is the right response, by the way, because these are like brown shirts coming in to disrupt the meeting. That's what they were about doing. He did the right response. That's the, that's the only way you can handle that kind of thing when that happens to you. He's no fool, Lord Moncton. And uh, I'll put this link up to us from the Daily Mail, 12th of December, 2009. They come in and they start screaming and yelling until no one can speak, and that's their intention just like the brown shirts did. Now, I think Mike from Ohio is still holding. Uh, this satellite is oh, going in. Hi, Alan. I don't know. Hello? Yes. Alan? Yes. I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, what do, are you allowed to own handguns and rifles and shotguns in Canada? And if so, uh, what kind and what do you have to do to be able to have, own them? Well, I, I don't know what they are now because they keep changing the laws. They've changed so many laws over the last few years uh, that, um, and then they start, I think they even made them, uh, the ones that had hunting rifles, register them as well across the country. That's right across the country. And uh, 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 very few folk can have handguns unless they join a club, I believe, and they're not allowed to have it in their car, even if it's locked up unless they're going to and from the club, that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, it's all, it's in its way out, even hunting is in its way out because of all the hoops and licensing and courses that they have to take. Um, I think most, a lot of them have given up, you know. Yeah, I wondered because I was just uh, surfing the other day and I found a gun shop in Canada and I thought, wow. Yeah. I noticed they mentioned uh, permits and this uh, administration uh, permits of all kinds if you had a show and then they yeah and it's not just for, permits you have to actually take a government sponsored course for, 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 for number one before you can purchase one 
then you have to register it like a hunting rifle. Um, yeah. You can't buy ammo without it, and you must take a, a course, a safety course, before you can get it. Then it's another few weeks. If you take a hunting course, it must, you must take a hunting course. No? And then, of course, you must be uh, open to inspection by the, by the police that come in, in to inspect how you're storing it and all that stuff. Uh, so uh, a lot of folk just threw up their hands and said it's pointless, you know. I was looking at uh, the people that do the cowboy shooting up there, you know, with black powder handguns and rifles mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, they even, they even have, have crossbows licensed up here as firearms. Crossbows? Yeah, even crossbows are come under firearms. You must take the same courses for a, cross, a crossbow, yeah. What, what do you do way out in the... Out in Thule's where you live, what do you do if a bear comes or something? Well, up Run? here, you, you just have to use your common sense. And a lot of people, too, uh, a lot of Indians up this way still do trapping. And uh, they're awfully good at showing people how to, to trap and so on. Um, and uh, what happens if a bear comes, it's like someone breaking your home. You're allowed to stand there and be lawfully eaten. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Lord. You, you mean you can't do anything? If you shot the bear, you'd probably go to jail if you didn't have a permit for a gun? <laughs> you, you could certainly be, uh, the tear, fire them off, they'd be charged for unlawful uh, uh, use of a firearm and probably endangering wildlife, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, thank, know, thank, thanks for calling, Mike. Thank uh, you, Al. From myself uh, and Hamish in Ontario, Canada. Hamish is the dog. It's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. Thank you.